2: Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are and where we come from. So who are you and where do you come from?
3: My name is Sabrina Hill and I come from Cork. Rebels. Woo! <laughs> so I'm from down that- south. I, I, the next thing I was thinking, you're going to ask me, what do I do? And I'm like, I don't know anymore what I do.
2: <laughs> I know that. And you know what? It's because lots of people are asking. But before we get into that, and I know you share so much with us um, online and we love that. Um, but I just want to get a little bit of insight into who is Sabrina Hill? Who was Sabrina Hill? And is she still that person today? Or how have you grown from that? So we'll start at the start. So growing up Cork, where in Cork and how many of the family and so on?
3: That's really cool that you actually said that because the old Sabrina, because I do feel even the last couple years I've transitioned. So the old Sabrina, um, well, she still lives, lives close by. So mm. uh, born in and raised in Tramoy okay. to Mary and Mike, my lovely parents. I have one brother Michael, who is about a year and a half younger than me. So just the two of us, pretty small, but very extended as and very close to all of our cousins, aunts, uncles and kind of stuff like that. So I grew up, went to a local country school and then went to Loretto. I am a convent girl. Um, And then literally kind of like when I just finished up at school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And it's so mad because I kind of have a son who is who is in a similar position now, but I fell into hairdressing. Um, I think my mother tried to do this whole thing where, what's it called again? Reverse psychology. Mm-hmm. She tried to do reverse psychology and said, oh, you said when you were younger, you just do hairdressing. And I was like, did I? But so just like it, it embedded in my head. And off I went. I worked in a local hair salon. Enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I think talking to people. Yeah, I, I enjoy talking to people quite a lot, and then I went and moved to Cork. As in, like, I lived at home still, but I went working in Cork. Um, and in the meantime, with all of this, I fell pregnant with my gorgeous son Aaron. I was very, very young, and it was kind of a very turbulent time. Kind of like it, it, it was very, very kind of life changing. And I think when you said there a second ago about the many different kind of like changes, the old spring, the new spring, I think there ha- actually has been quite a few. And kind of that was. The first kind of change, I suppose, from one Sabrina into the next Sabrina. And then I sound a bit
2: crazy when I say that. No, I kind you, of like. On. <laughs> no, you don't, because I've seen it and I've come. We, we've had DMs and we've had conversations where mm. I have seen a change in you and me as one of your followers. I'm sure all of us have seen a change in you and. It's so mm-hmm. lovely to see. Like it, it's it's really because we watched it from the very beginning through it all. And it, it is so lovely to see. Um, but let's take back to that the very first change that you had. Um so how old were you having Aaron and um who's lovely in college and all oh, of that? Oh God, but how old were you having I cool. you know having Aaron and cool. what was that like, like breaking that news and all of that? It was such a whirlwind.
3: I didn't know Aaron's dad that very well at the start. Uh, We were very, very young. Um, I was 20 years of age having Aaron. I was a baby myself. I remember even one of the midwives actually commenting while I was inside the bed going, she's very young. And and I looked young and I was young because I was very lucky. I had quite a sheltered life. Do you know, I, I was kind of innocent in one way as well. It was a massive change to my life like a humongous chain, or change and uh, there was a couple of things that I've mentioned in the past kind of like that I suppose I went to an all-girls school and, and some girls made past a comment uh, when I was heavily pregnant go oh, are you still with the father and are you still hairdressing and these girls had gone off to university so I know in my heart and soul that they didn't mean it the way that they said it uh, but to me it was like nearly mean girls yeah. Like, so I took it up Um, a bad way. And of course, that was just with insecurities that I actually had myself. Uh, At the time, it it was terrible. But now I see that sometimes these things happen and they really are life's life's main drivers. And it's what drove me to kind of like succeed uh, for the first change and kind of what drove me further, especially at the early stages of my career. I was very rocky though um, at that stage I didn't know how to communicate and that's something that I'm like really proud of um, over the years that I've developed really good communication skills because back then I I couldn't kind of speak about the way I was emotionally affected um, throughout the whole lot and it led to me being seriously depressed and I ended up in hospital um, which wasn't a nice place for a 20 year old girl with a newborn baby but um, with the help of my family um, I mean my family are amazing amazing and had lots of therapy and I came around from it and do you know what it did me very well because I feel that like there was a maturity in me around the age 25 that maybe a 35 or a 45 year old would have and I suppose from the years of cognitive behavioral therapy that I did um, throughout my 20s it actually turned me into a really good leader, Um, a great understanding with communicating with people. Part of it was because I hate confrontation of any kind. So I'd always try and work around that way. But I think that I think they should do cognitive behavioural therapy in schools. I agree. I really do believe that if a lot of people had the life skill of knowing how to communicate with people we wouldn't be in situations a lot of people wouldn't be in situations there's very easy ways um to to speak with people so that they don't get defensive back at you and you Mm. can actually control situations a lot easier because like who wants to be having crappy arguments or anything like that so it's something that kind of i developed over those years that helped me and into the rest of my adult life
2: and tell me then, as a, you know, obviously going to a Catholic school, all girls school um, and just take it back. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to dwell too, too uh, but on the past, but that is where you are today. And that's, as you said, with the beha- uh, the therapy and the cognitive. Mm-hmm. I've said that word so many times and I still can't get it. Um, cognitive <laughs> behavior therapy, it's terrible. Um, but um, what, was it, I know, yeah. what was it like for you then having to first realize you were pregnant, because this will probably help others out there, realizing you're pregnant at such a young age breaking it to your mom, who we all adore, like we absolutely love her. And I know that's exactly where you got support from. But what was it like in that moment? And yeah, what was that like? Do you you know what? Weirdly enough, um, and I think this may be because of Catholic guilt or the likes of that. I didn't really
3: think much of my parents. Um, I was a very supportive parent. So there was obviously a fear. But the one thing that I really remember for that time is my own thoughts. Your life is over. Mm. your life is over and and I remember kind of like someone who was pregnant around the same time saying oh it's great you can get lone parents and you know you get so many benefits from this and all I remember thinking was do people think that I'm going to be like that do people think as like you know I was raised by parents who were absolute such hard workers Um, and even though they worked my dad worked for someone else he he treated that business as if it was his own. Always did great pride, and and the thought of me kind of being in a position where I was going to be like getting benefits or that I just couldn't stand the thought of other people thinking that about me that I was taking advantage um, of that situation. Where like now, a lot of people actually need these benefits, and there's nothing shameful in any way whatsoever when people actually need um, to get help. Financially, or in any way, kind of support from the government or anything like that. But back then, there was like, a, as far as I was concerned, there was shame to it. So it wasn't even my parents or breaking to my parents. I do remember telling my parents. I don't remember they didn't shout at me or anything like that. I think they were in shock because I wasn't really after saying I was going out with anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that was where the shock was. They were like, "Who? <laughs> okay, <laughs> that how did that was Kind of like the situation, but it was definitely all from within. All from within.
2: And that's hard, isn't it? And as you said there about the shame of it, you know, it's just when you think my life mm. is over. And I think just you're an example and other people are so many examples that your life isn't over when you get pregnant. So it's so, so young and even 20 is is young. But even in Dublin, where I'm from, it's not even that young. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, will. Everywhere
3: now, like when you hear that some 20 year olds are pregnant, I don't actually automatically think that they're that young um, and more <laughs> even other than that, it sometimes it brings back floods of memories of the way I felt at the time. Um, I I just... How would I describe it? It, it, it taught me a very important um, lesson, I suppose, very earlier on in life. I was always ruled with worrying about what other people thought of me. And I suppose being so kind of having so much anxiety about that and being so worried about what other people thought of me at such a young age made me care less as I got older. And I think that was a gift in itself. Kind of like I stopped worrying about people that go, she's so young, she's had a baby. It kind of made me realize that what was important and what's not important. Um, of course, it was a good couple of years later mm-hmm. before that hit in lots of CBT. Yeah. And then it kind of like I came around to that way of thinking.
2: And then tell me what it was like with you and Aaron, because now you're, you're so close. And have you always been so close, like being just the two of you guys?
3: Well, do you know what? What I find about it is that it's probably... I know this is going to sound really weird to say this, but like my parents were so involved with helping me raise Aaron that my mother is almost like Aaron's second mother. Mm -hmm. So even like she's feeling it so much worse now that he's going to college. I'm like, oh, he'll be grand. He'll be fine. He needs to go out into the real world. Mm. But like there was a huge element of my parents allowing me to build my career, to socialize and to have a really good life. I'm forever grateful for that. So there is a little bit of kind of like Aaron and I were like, brother and sisters yeah. who had an argument and the sister always won because mm. <laughs> she could throw it in his face I'm your mother yeah. that, that kind of way um we are very close we are um and I suppose being kind of closer to age does help as well but um we've always had a very good relationship you know a really really good relationship but there was like as if I was lucky enough to have two mothers um in in that way
2: isn't that so lovely that your parents did let you go off and do mm-hmm. that? And like, we do owe so a lot lovely. to them. We owe a lot to them, but yeah, that they let you go off and get like paved that career for you, you know? Mm. And, and
3: and I, and I did always value that. I did always was very grateful for that because I could see other people who didn't have that support. Um and my parents were very young as well. You know, my mom was very, very young and able to do it. I don't know now if she'd be able to look after a baby the way she looked after Aaron that way. She was quite young. Um, I just, I, I was so lucky. God, I was so, so lucky to have that. But you know what? In the last few years when I've, it's just been myself and Aaron, I'm here. I value it even more. Mm. Do you know, I've been so, so lucky because they've been extra supportive and so as supportive as before, but we we were able to rely on them a little bit more as well, especially with my work um, over the last couple of years. I used to travel a lot, not so much now, but like they're they've been really, really good that way.
2: I'd say for them, it was really exciting to actually have a baby in the house because there's only you and your brother. And then all of a sudden there's this baby yeah. in the house. I say that was just lovely for them.
3: And the newborn baby, because like myself and my brother are actually adopted, so like okay. literally, kind of like there was like having a newborn baby in the house as well, and like you know having someone that was pregnant in the house. Yeah, because I lived at home as well. Like so, it was it's really special. Like that's a very special thing to go through and a really cool journey as well. So like, yeah, I suppose it was extra special as well on top of it.
2: God, that is fab. I actually didn't know you were adopted. Or you and your brother were adopted. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that.
3: Yeah, it's true, It's are adopted. Yeah, yeah. At what we age do you I think we, it's more common. Common um, from the 80s, 70s and 80s, yes. 80s, not 70s, <laughs> 80s baby, 80s, uh, clinging on for dear life, the four O's in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah we are. Um, yeah, it's never been an issue. I think kind of a lot of my cousins are as well. So and it was very common back in the 80s, Do you know, that kind yeah. of way. So it was never hidden or anything like that from us. Well,
2: what age were you adopted? Uh, oh, babies, babies. babies. Mm. And And you knew mm-hmm. that you knew that all along, did you? all raised that way and my
3: cousins are as well and everything like that and they'd be a lot older so there was never kind of anything shrouded around you'd often hear sometimes of people kind of I suppose kind of finding out later it was never a big deal and I've never felt the urge to go into a delve into it or anything like that you know so um, we've always had very close relationships with our parents and get on great with them and they are my mum and dad
2: Mm. so you don't have a need to look for uh, elsewhere
3: oh no I don't, to be honest with you. I actually don't. Yeah, I never. Do you know what? Never really think about it. Mm. Mm. If that makes sense. So the way some people might have a longing or anything like that, I've never kind of like thought of my family unit being any other way. Um, in that way, so yeah, it's 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 actually funny sometimes now when I say it. People, not so much now, but before, because I've said it online a couple of times, but a couple of people have said, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry," and I'm like. Why are you sorry about to the way that people kind of apologise nearly because you're not really delving you're kind of like you know do you know, it's just something part of me, Do you know, I'd say the way it's, you have a birthmark or something yeah. like that. Do you know, it's just part of me
2: that I don't even look at it really. And but that's a great attitude to have. And why would you have any other attitude? Why would people be sorry for your situation? Ah, yeah,
3: it's I know. Awesome. That always confused me. I was kind of going, why are they sorry?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it would have been really special for your mom then to have a pregnancy in the house as well. That would have been yeah. lovely. Oh, God. I oh yeah, except when she saw babies moving in the belly and she was like, what is that? Because <laughs> <laughs> if someone hasn't seen that or been up close to it, it can be a little bit funny. Oh, God. And here, then tell me about your career. And so you moved into Cork and where did you start to say, OK, I want to step out of this and start to go on my own? And how did that start? How did that journey start for you?
3: I, I think really kind of I started hairdressing, um, as I said, in Fromboy for a year and then kind of had Aaron. And then... Went working for, um, she was kind of like a family friend. My mom went to her to get her hair done when she was younger. Um, but she opened a salon in the suburbs of Cork. So I went along and worked there. And then she was getting married and moving up the country. And the opportunity came that I could take over the salon myself. Uh, the salon's called Copper, which it still is now. Mm-hmm. So I inherited that salon in one way. And I worked there. So I started off with like one other stylist and a part-time junior. And I suppose over the next many years, I suppose nine, yeah, but nine years and um, thereabouts, I ended up having 15 working there. So I built it up. Um, I think from a very um young age, I got to grips with social media. Mm. I think that's kind of like what was really important. And a lot of hairdressers were very much kind of like, let's say, doing hair or showing hair for other hairdressers. And I kind of really wanted to do hair and show hair and kind of like for other people, for clients, for people Mm -hmm. to educate them and see what they could have. And I started doing befores and afters. And it was something that I joined Instagram from the very beginning and Facebook as well. And I could see that like these hairdressers, especially in America, were doing these befores and afters. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to recreate that. So I was kind of like the first hairdresser around Ireland, the UK to do that. And I quickly, within a year or two, grew to 25,000 followers on Facebook. And then I could see the importance, I could really see the importance of social media there and how quick that was in its growth that when Instagram launched, I also was kind of like, okay, this is going to be something big because Instagram is something that's far more creative. At the time, back at the very start, Instagram was only images. Mm-hmm. So what am I doing at Facebook is images. Let's do them over on in Instagram. And instantly my audience, because it was very American based, uh, my audience started growing very, very quickly. And it just kind of evolved from there because when I started to see hairdressers doing what kind of like I did, I would start going. Well, I need to start doing something new, and the one thing is like I always had to be ahead of the game. Um, so I'd start doing maybe some videos, and then when other hairdressers started doing videos, I was like, "Well, I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to come on and talk about it." And then, of course, there was bits of my life kind of starting as well. Um, and and that's how kind of like I the, the how the salon evolved and how how it got so much bigger, and I suppose social media really kind of like it instilled in my brain that social media works and you can be a very good hairdresser, but you could still create a story about a salon. And that was when I decided that I needed to have a bigger salon. I needed to kind of create something that was in my brain and I needed to have that. And it took me about five years to find the perfect site to have the salon and with the help of really good real estate agents here in um Cork we found the right space because I wanted to start something from scratch so it was a really big undertaking it took about five years and the salon that we have now inside in the middle of Cork city is copper and is my absolute what the big dump in my brain just came out and that's what it was and I'm terribly proud of that terribly terribly proud of it
2: and who who's your go to? Like who are you bouncing ideas off? Who you you having the chats with? Who, like is it your mom? Is it, I know you've really good friends as well. So who is it that you're bouncing those ideas off? So I, I with,
3: with regards kind of like anything business wise, I mean, I remember, OK, it's, I suppose the best way to describe this is before I had to go into the bank for a meeting for something and they wanted to do a risk assessment. And they gave this, this big load of questions and they asked me all of these questions. It was for pensions. And I was the biggest risk taker that they had ever, ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I put all the money in, let's do it, let's go. Mm. So when it comes to business, I get an idea and I go with it. I'm one of these people that just goes with it. So mm-hmm. the last people that you want to talk about things with, are your family. (laughs) And it's just because they love you so much Mm -hmm. that they will burst your bubble. (laughs) Now, you'll Mm -hmm. think they're bursting your bubble, but it comes from a place of love with them. So I had a really good friend of mine uh, told me one time, don't tell your parents anything until you have all the answers for the questions that they will ask you. And it's something that I advise all young people nowadays, that if they have a great idea, that if they have something in their head and they want to go with it, write down all the questions that you think your mom and dad will ask you and have the answers to them. Because your parents will always ask the right questions because it comes from a place of love and protecting you And if you can answer these questions, that means that you're you're okay. You're protecting yourself that little bit. So I tend to always talk to people who I suppose who are on a similar level to me risk wise because I would really understand kind of like um, I suppose kind of not understand if I'm really worried or anxious about something they'll know what kind of anxiety I'm feeling and they will always have the solution you should be very very careful who have you talked to especially about business ideas and stuff like that one of the main people that I do always talk to is Lisa um, who owns Verso okay. you, you know her as yeah. well on We're um so fashion, yeah, I, yeah. I know her a long long time a long long time and Sandra Murphy for well. as well Sandra, two friends that I go back over a decade all business owners all women all of us have been through so much in our lives between failing businesses businesses doing extremely well um, lots of hurt lots of you know risk taking uh, lots of really good things as well but like after I speak with those people I always come away feeling so much like so so good in recent years another person that I do a huge amount of bouncing off of is Jennifer Rock Okay I regularly have Lots of um, Calls with her And I just find that Like when we chat to each other We're just like It's like word vomit Everything comes out And there's really good support There That way I find um, Pat Phelan from Sisu Has always been very Very good as well at Clinics And he's someone Lately that um, I've had great chats with and we kind of like literally just go, no, yeah. <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, or or yay, yeah, you know, we'll help you're you. You're very know. lucky, so the kind of
2: people- Aren't you? You're very lucky. Why? Because you're really good friends. Like you're really good. And I know you probably have worked for those um, friendships as well. And it's a two way street. I
3: probably lost five times that
2: amount of people in my life.
3: <laughs> I probably have a lot of people That no, I do know that there's a lot of people out there that have called me um different things like hungry and kind of for stuff and kind of I suppose um probably won't mention too much more about but like literally would see me as people you know would see me as something not nice I suppose is the best way um but I would just say that I was very very focused on things and um I've been through an awful lot of my life as well where. In times of need, you really find out who's important yeah, and who's constant and who reaches out to you. And you get hurt by an awful lot of people as well. It's something I don't dwell on now and I see as a gift in one way. Do you know, it's basically like, I suppose, when the weeds are out, the garden will grow. And it's a situation like that, that uh, there's an awful lot of things and people that can hold you back because I'm a people pleaser and I'm a fixer. I remember sitting on a bus one time I was on a business trip and there was a group of Irish girls and I remember one of the girls was quite drunk um, and... She said, now I'm going to tell each and every one of you, you know, why I really love you. And she said, you're the funny one and uh, you're the one I want to go drinking with. And all she went through everybody. Oh, you're the one I trust. Do I tell you anything kind of that kind of way. And um, she turned to me and she goes, you're the problem solver. If I had a problem, I'd come to you. You'd solve it like that. And it was actually the biggest compliment that anyone could give me because and and I do see it I'm a natural fixer sometimes I have to stand back because I try to fix everything and I get very very anxious and worried if there's I'm in a situation that I can't fix and I've had to realize especially over the last three four years that there are some problems that you just can't fix some problems that just aren't yours Mm. to hold on to that aren't mine to hold on to but like you just need to give them back and have other people be accountable for their problems but um God I'm even losing My own train of thought. No
2: but you're, you're like But I suppose You're saying there that you I know, do find with people that,
3: Yeah That like people Have come and gone in my life For the right reason When you were saying I'm lucky to have those people It hasn't been without A hell of a lot of hurt As well That I'd be able to talk about now If that makes sense I wouldn't have before I would have been scared of that Or uh, one person who I'm actually not friendly with anymore turned around to me one time when I was telling her a story about someone that I wasn't um, particularly friendly with at that time with that falling out with. And she just went, she said to me, do you know that you always like have so many friends and you're always kind of like making new friends and then you fall out with them. And I can see now that that was from a place of massive insecurity yeah, on her part. Um and i will going back again to what I said at the very, very start. There has been so many changes in my life that sometimes parts of your life open up to leave people in. And that's good for you right there. And like I'm now a part of my life where I know that there isn't going to be too huge, too much of a huge change for the rest of my life. I know now know and I'm comfortable where I am, that the people that are in it are there for good. Yeah. They're there forever. Like, you know, that and that's a huge thing, even though there's people in my life that are only there like a year or two years. and stuff, I know now that they're there for good. They're good people and they have my back.
2: And I think especially with the biggest. Oh, sorry. (laughs) You're fine. You know that now. How easy is it for you to trust people and let people into your life now?
3: Very easy, because I know the difference between a true friend and an acquaintance. I mean, that they know the difference but I know the difference. I know the difference. I think one of the biggest things as well is that like um, having an online life, a lot of people think that you're putting everything out there. Um, And it's your close friends and even like, you know, like, you know what I mean? That you don't put everything out there. And it is as simple as that. If Kylie Jenner can get away with having a pregnancy from start to finish and having a child without anyone in the world knowing, then each and every one of us can have that kind of life as well. Someone asked me recently on one of those pop-up questions, um, uh, just do I mind kind of like, you know, do people ask an awful lot of questions? And I was like, I don't mind at all. Irish people are nosy by nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, I put myself out there, you know, to a certain extent. And if I don't like a question, I just don't answer it. I say it politely. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't talk about that part of my life. It's personal, But um, but like, thanks for your message and stuff like that. And I think that there is an element of over the last couple of years because of certain gossip sites and because of certain things that are online things. I think one of the most kind of um, the biggest things I've kind of like, oh, sorry message, but the biggest things that I've taken um, from that is that there is a huge amount of things in my life that haven't ended up on these websites. Yeah. And I'm like going, well, none of my friends are talking mm-hmm. because it's like there was talking up to a certain point and then all of a sudden there was nothing else on it. And the garden when the weeds go out, of the
2: garden will grow. So Rena, that is that was proof of That's it. the first time I've heard that saying. Do you know that? Oh, it's brilliant. And it's so yeah. true. It's it, in what you've just said, yeah. it's so true. It's like Colleen Rooney and your woman when she was like sharing everything on stories and she was sending mm-hmm. everything to her and they were in the papers. It's mad. It is mm. it's just it's just bonkers to me. But
3: there is there is an element as well though that like
2: mm. If you
3: don't want it out, don't post it at all. Not even into your close friends. Yeah. that, that There is an element of that as well. Now, I, it's, look, it's grey. Such a grey area. Mm. Do you, Do you know, you, it's so grey. There's some things that horrify me. And then
2: there's other things to, where I think, Do you know what, girl?
3: You, you put yourself out there. Yeah. You know what
2: I mean? So, it, Do you know someone said to me there different. recently, um, uh, listen, love, Instagram is in real life. And I was like, no, I disagree. I disagree because you tell them what you you tell them and you keep stuff to yourself that you do. And you do that with your, with your friends. Like I'm sure some of your f- closest friends, even Sandra, Sandra, they probably don't know every single little thing about your life. There is some things that you keep to yourself. So I, I personally think that sometimes or do you do, do the girls know everything about you? Or is there some things that you keep to yourself?
3: No, they'd know there's a few of them. that know. there's four of them that would know absolutely everything about me and I'd know absolutely everything about them. Yeah. And it's something kind of like take to the grave or you're going to get a phone call. Oh, I killed someone. I'd be like, okay, well, I bring my shuttle. Yeah. It's that yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Ride or die. But they would, but it kind of goes back to the whole thing as well. as What do people think they are to you? Yeah. There's a lot of people that would think that they, you're their you know I'm friends with everyone but there's a big difference between friends and acquaintances I don't think people understand that until they're a lot older mm-hmm. a lot of the time I've just been lucky to learn it at a younger age
2: and how would you give some advice to someone who has um, been let down by friends like what would you say to them you know your lovely saying that you say but what? how would you deal with it
3: OK, I think the only way around it is that you can tell someone to think this and to think that and to kind of like kind of bump them up. And at the time when it happens, the hurt is so much that it's very, very overwhelming. Um, I think you physically have to do things such as immediately take that person off your favorites list on your phone and replace it with another friend and ring them, ring them. Don't talk about the person that you've removed. Ring them And let's say if you've removed uh, um, Jenny from the block and you've put in Taylor Swift (laughs) Mm -hmm. in now, ring Taylor, go for coffee with Taylor. Do not talk about Jenny from the block. Mm -hmm. You have to fill the void and it's a lot easier. It's kind of like when people say, (laughs) there is a small ring of truth to it when someone... I don't know, finishes with a boyfriend and someone says, I'll go back on Tinder. And they're kind of like, oh, no, I can't. Yeah. But then about a week later, they do. Yeah. I, you're replacing something. So it's actually similar with friendship, especially with female friendships. I think you actually physically have to do something about it to ease your pain. I think that's very important because um, there's, there's an awful lot of people that will get into this rot. Will they overthink and have scenarios? And and if you did go back talking to her, what would you say to her? What would she say back to you? What would you say back to that? And next thing you have one of these little trains going around and around and around inside your head. That's a dangerous place to be in. That's when you lose control. Because a lot of people say that control is a dirty word. Control is a very good word. It's a good thing if you're using it for good use. You're controlling a situation as best as you can. Replace that friend. I know it sounds cruel, but I would to a certain point If someone isn't good for me, I'm so precious. I've been hurt before. I've been used before. I can't let myself go back there. I know what it feels like and I don't want to go back there again. I will just pull myself away and go in another direction. That's very, very important that people realize that.
2: And have you gone back to the CBT then over the years to help you be the person you are now or?
3: No, funnily enough, No. And it was actually a friend said it to me a while back, um, just with a lot of life changes over the last couple of years. She goes, do you think you should?
0: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcarecom loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter.
3: Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.
0: Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365 day returns.
3: To go back for therapy or back for counselling.
0: I I, I "I, think I've had too much therapy.
3: <laughs> That's weird. I think, do you know what? With what I do every day, I really do practice what I preach. It's like, you know, half the time I think I'm such a good hairdresser is because I'm an educator. I educate in hairdressing. So I'm like literally continuously kind of like, I suppose, kind of like uh, teaching someone. Therefore, I will practice it better that way. And I think that from being, having to be a good leader inside like a salon where there's lots of young people working and we do we do have young people who get like upset from time to time over different life scenarios and you do find yourself that you're nearly kind of working in a way that you're (laughs) giving therapy Mm -hmm. and once you practice that a lot it becomes better and of course life experiences will help you deal with things a whole lot better I haven't gone back I don't think it's something that I need but I know in a way Part of me feels I have very, very good friends and I don't feel like a burden. I will pick up the phone and talk to them. And that's half the battle. If I want to stop talking to them and I'm afraid to share something, that's when I need to go back for therapy Mm. and counselling.
2: So you're very self-aware right now, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people are.
3: I think I've split myself so much with all the businesses, with being online, with being a single mother and feeling a lot of pressure of doing things on my own and kind of like the responsibility of looking after so many people in a business and kind of and and a home myself, you know, all of that kind of thing is that you have to start kind of like, I suppose, kind of like really minding yourself. Um, I know what it's like to get to that bottom point. So like it's really, really important not to get back there again. But a lot of it is, is is something Brian Keene had a a really good podcast that I listened to years and years ago. Embarrassing to admit but I've only listened to one of his ever. (laughs) That's the one I listened to was about Mm. negative people. And he said, you are the five people that you hang around with. And if you can really, truly, and I mean this now, count on your hand, the five people like it's been scientifically proven that if you're friends with five overweight people, the likelihood is that you're going to be overweight. If you're friends with five really rich people, the likelihood is that you're going to be rich. I don't know. Like I'm not a huge believer in the law of attraction when it comes yeah. to manifesting things. i It's just not for me. I work very hard for what I have. Um, and I go get it you know that kind of way I don't yeah. believe it'll magically come to me but in the same way when we talk when you look at the people that are in your life you're like a sponge do you know what I mean you mm. soak up a lot of what you hang around with if you hang around with people that go out and drink every weekend or even during the week you'll eventually fall into that lifestyle so it's, I think that's hugely important to really assess that on a regular basis like really assess it. To
2: you know what? I'm like real talks of hill because I right now and this is like I do I do have a slight problem with toxic positivity. I I was like I I have a little problem with it. I get it and if that's your bag that's your bag, but I'm like I'm I'm mm. very much like you, you it won't magically come to you. So you need to get out and work for it. Mm. And that's the one thing. And right now there's a lot of that around, um, which I think can be quite upsetting. And people believe if they manifest something and it doesn't come true for them, it's like, so what did you do while you were manifesting? Did you just manifest or did you work hard to get?
3: Yeah, I think manifesting is brilliant if you're working towards that goal. And do you know what it is? It's like, uh, to be honest with you, when it comes to that, there's certain aspects of it I love because if you don't, it's like if you get into the car, and you're told to to go go to this place, and you're like, but like put it into your sat nav. I'm like, but where are we leaving from? Um, do you want to do the coastal route? What kind of like you know, uh, what are we driving? How like you know, you need to have direction. And then from a manifestation point of view, I think that's. Bloody amazing. Like it was one business. Um, I love analogies, love them. <laughs> and one of the best ones I've ever ever heard was that um I was doing business mentoring with someone and they turned around and they said to me, Um, can I ring someone from your salon? While I was in a meeting with them, and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. So there was a girl called Tracy working because can I ring Tracy? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm like, what are you gonna ask her? I'm gonna ask, like, you know, I want to know. Does she know where you're going? I was like, what? And I goes, she said, well, have you told her? Have you said where the business, what direction the business is going? And I'm like, yeah, she knows. And he goes, okay, give me your phone. I want to ring her and ask her. And I was like, maybe she won't know how to answer that. And he goes, is that she won't know how to answer it? Or have you actually told her? Because if like there's 10 of you on a boat, okay, and you're all going to the island, you want to go to the island over there, it'll only take one person to start putting their oar in a different direction because they want to go to the island over there and they'll slow down the whole team and it was a really really good way of kind of like figuring out that uh, people need to know you need to tell people you need to let them know the direction you're going for everybody to get on board because not everybody wants to be going to that island some people like going to cold spots of the world (laughs) Mm. so like literally put them on their own little boat give them a boat wish them well wish people well and leave them go on their merry way because you don't want them slowing you down and I think kind of and that that was one of the most important, actually, kind of lessons I ever learned to, for me to tell people exactly what I'm thinking and to not be
2: afraid. And I suppose that works for kind of like in life as well with friends, doesn't it? Mm. Is that a testament to your success? Do you think?
3: Um, I think what would I say testament to my success? I think really communication, really, really good communication. I see an awful lot of people I know and um uh the way they run businesses I don't like the way they talk to staff I don't like the way that they kind of like do their business that way uh, you know you don't get the best out of people that way and I think that um Shan Horn told me a great thing "Once she said shit rolls down mm-hmm. I was unbelievably good that like I think it's a testament to myself that I walk in every day and it, sometimes it's not about hairdressing it's just about being in a good mood and to make sure that that filters and passes down through everyone, and for having the store open for communicating and for minding people, I think that's—I always minded people. And the thing is, even sometimes it might felt it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but you—you like, you were an educator first. So you weren't the first to be an educator across Ireland, weren't you? Mm-hmm. As well, you set that—that that was a business that you had as well. And
3: Denise and I, yeah, we set up business of hair. Uh, a couple of years ago we saw a gap in the market for educating and I think a big thing about that and we actually gave like like great talks even in the UK and London at different hair events and industry events where we spoke about two people collaborating from business that should be rivaled. And uh, the two of us coming together and we did an awful lot of training with our own staff and with, with her staff and with my staff and other hairdressers started asking. So we educated throughout Ireland and in the UK and we both worked together uh, for different international companies and got to travel the world. So, so lucky. It's something that um, Denise... My hair wife has continued on. She loves educating and I do too. I just don't have time for it anymore. Um, I think the pandemic really changed my priorities and some life changes getting separated really changed my priorities as well about where I needed to spend my time and um, what, what I wanted to do. Obviously, my online life went sky high. Uh, in the middle of lockdown along with many other really well-known influencers that are around today and I suppose it gave me different types of opportunities and and has allowed me to work from home as well um, because the one thing the biggest thing actually the biggest change the biggest thing I've learned about myself is the most precious thing to me is time time spent with loved ones time for myself um, just spending time and time you can't get time back you can give it away, but you can't get it back, you know. So um, living in hotels and airport lounges don't kind of, they don't look as glossy or glittery for me anymore. So um, working on my online is way, way better.
2: And then tell me, talk about your online. And I just, it was just such a proud moment. And I know you're a panelist on Elaine and stuff like that. But what was it like to get the phone call to say that you were going to be on with Phil and Holly what was that? What was that like? What was that like? I, your your first—I I just watched it back there, and I was like, "Oh my I god!" I thought someone was taking the
3: piss out of me. That's exactly what I thought. I had COVID. Yeah, you did. You I had did. COVID at the time. No, I had COVID when I got like when I got the, the message. Oh, no. I got an email. Um and I thought someone was literally literally taking the piss out of me I really didn't know like I was like I go where's that but then I searched the girl and I was like I went onto her page and I was like oh my god she's actually like friends with George Clooney and then I realized that this person was like real and she was a producer for ITV and it, it happened all very, very quickly. Obviously, it was like a week's time. And um, I worked, I, I did the first one from home. I did the second one from the salon. And then eventually there was a crew brought into the salon. And yeah, it was, oh, it was magical. And it was kind of one of those moments where I don't get nervous very often. <laughs> Shit, my clutch I never get it. being so nervous, like so, so, so nervous. Um, especially the time the last time when the crew was in the salon, I was just sweating. It's so, so different because you do Elaine with mm. me as well. And You know yourself, we're kind of just used to it and the mm. grind and everything. It's very, very different. So you have your ear pierced and you can hear producers as well. So obviously, you're just obviously doing. The job that like Elaine has On the Elaine show yeah. Like you're hearing So much going on And you're being Timed down And told your time And everything And they're talking To cameraman as well And stuff like that It's a very very Different world very organised Um Very proud to say That it won't be My last time Woohoo! Um going to be doing a little bit more and this time in studio in London so actually kind of like with Holly and Phil so that's like yeah I know I'm I know I know actually the minute that they were chatting to me about it I was like excuse me (laughs) 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 like literally don't know how I cope with that but like there it it, that's massive It, it was probably I could if I at the very start of my career could think of so many things I could have said. There's so many things that you want to do, such as like um, have your own brand of like, you know, shampoos or whatever like that, or have kind of like, let's say, kind of, you know, maybe your own salon. Or if I could dream up of all the most magical things, I would never have thought that it would be on TV. And if truth be told, I actually love it, love mm. being on TV. And if I had my time back, I probably would have done journalism. And actually trying to become a TV presenter Because it's something that I actually really love And find actually quite natural Mm. But I like doing
2: it because you are a natural oh, and the camera Yeah no I, I love I love As I said I love seeing you On Elaine And I love seeing you on, on, on Phil and Holly And I just like The last time when The camera was there And the shot that you have On Instagram And you were there I was like I'm so proud of you And I'm sure that All your followers oh. Are so proud of you as well But what was Mary Like when you told Mary I'm going to be Not only on Irish TV <laughs> But I'm going to be on the Across the UK As well <laughs> What did that. she have to say For herself so? Well I, do you
3: know what It was in the middle of lockdown So nobody was going anywhere yeah. when it happened but like my dad my dad was like bringing my aunt tune in my uncle tune in everybody like from like it was a big big deal and it was like so cool because I was like afterwards we found out the first time that I had been on it was the highest viewership ever and um there was Don Ski and was on. And who else? There was some other Irish person. Like all the Celts were after yeah. overtaking. And it's oh, the, like the ITV.
2: Chef, Katrina, is that what's what's her name? Does a chef? She was on Cloda. Cloda was on as well. Oh, yeah.
3: Well, Cloda wasn't on that day. I because the on, I was only chatting to Cloda the other yeah. day. Um she like she only does Wednesdays, I think. Cloda mm. does Wednesdays on each on um the show. So no, it's really, really cool. It's an amazing opportunity. I'm going to be doing more of it and to be part of the this morning family is like mad it's mad Mad! It's
2: mad, bad, mad! yeah so in that said then take me through that you now stepped away from a lot of things to concentrate on online so how did you make mm-hmm. that, that was, was it a very easy decision for you or how was that decision I do you know
3: what I was very lucky that like okay so out of all the things time became very very important to me and how much was my time worth I suppose um And I think that I knew as soon as the online started to really, and I started working as an influencer as well, and when I got an agent and all of this kind of things, the opportunities that I had that I really had to assess, you know, what was worth my no, no, oh, worth my time I know it sounds terrible but I couldn't spit myself any further than I could so um, I had stopped doing New Hair Revolution which was my online company um, and the reason for that is, is I talk about hair online and I get about three or 400 messages in one night God. and I'm the type of person that gets anxiety when I see those little dots so I'm inside in bed at 2am yeah. answering back I couldn't do that anymore and as well as that I became there were so many middlemen when it came to buying in products that like literally there's some people that can do it very well and they have massive companies but like there's always distributors in the way so I was actually at a loss doing it mm. um, and I didn't really want to go down the line then of kind of having my own range of products because I was said always said that I wanted to like Get myself to a certain point and I wanted to work with scientists and I'd want to if I ever did go down the line mm. of doing my own range education was the one standard thing that took me away from home mm. um and I I told at the start of the pandemic I rang my bosses my lovely bosses over in Holland because I worked in Eindhoven and all around Europe with Joico and I just said that I would be stepping down because I really felt that it would benefit someone else to, you know, to to step into that role as one of the artistic directors, to kind of working that way, um, and then I I was very lucky that I think Denise kind of knew. She really, really knew that my heart wasn't in it. And I think there was a time where my heart wasn't in hairdressing. And I think that's because we've been through kind of like two horrendous years business-wise. And I got so disillusioned by everything. And I was one of these people that kind of wanted to stay at home and cocoon myself and bubble myself up. Um, And Denise kind of understood, wanted to continue. And she's so good because she's so straightforward. She's like, give me an answer. Think about it for two days and give me an answer. And she knew as well that um, I was going to step back from educating not my own salon but kind of like nationally Mm. for a while it's not not saying that it won't be forever but as of right now um I'll be honest with you, I'm going to say straight out, I'm doing everything by myself. I'm a single mother. I have a child going to college. I'm, you know, There's a lot of responsibility. I don't think any business person should overlook the fact that we're now entering a really scary two years ahead of us. Um, business wise, I think salon owners, anyone on hospitality should be very, very scared. Mm. There's a lot of money in the country right now, but that's going to run out fairly quickly. I don't think people realize that. So... I really want to maybe ensure that the work and, and run the business very well, the salon very well, and then concentrate on my online work. And and also I'll have a lot of other stuff that's gonna be going on, like TV wise and stuff with the online work. So I want to make sure that I have enough time for everything. Mm.
2: <gasps> tell talk me, about making myself busy I know but you, you know what you're on the right path you know where your focus is you know where you're going to get results mm-hmm. and it's great to see it's really great to see um, tell me a little bit about your copper team so who is your right hand people in there
3: everybody is everybody if you took all those juniors out in the morning and didn't have them there just the senior stylist would drop dead (laughs) (laughs) everybody is Um, I suppose that I have one of my long term friends that I know since school Paula she's salon manager and she runs the place like Clockwork it's absolutely amazing and I have other managers throughout Salon Aoife and Anne-Marie and then all the rest of the team Emma has been there for years so many there's so many like that I can't even mention. There's so many of them, and do you know what? I have been very, very lucky. Even people who worked for me in the past were always extremely good to me, um, and extremely good to the salon, and believed in the brand. And um, very, very lucky with with the team that we have. It is. It's hard. I'm mm-hmm. not. Going, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's a shit job sometimes, um, uh, and it's very, very hard being in business. And I found the last couple of years particularly very hard being a business anyone that will tell you that has large salon and even the salon my kind the overheads are crazy and don't ever go into the salon business if you think you're going to make a load of money because <laughs> like you know you can be comfortable but it's definitely something that I spent an absolute fortune doing I'm so proud of it I will never give it up I love it I think a lot of people in the last kind of couple the last year or so has been kind of like going oh are you stepping away from it I'm not stepping away from it. i never step away from Copper. That's my baby. I've been there watching that grow all the time, and I'll always be there. But it, it 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 it's hard. It's hard work. It's worrying sometimes. It's the best way.
2: And before COVID, was there, and even in the very start of the journey with with Copper, was there a point that you ever wanted to give up? And do you have any advice for anyone who is looking to step up the way you stepped up? <laughs> I think you go
3: back to, again, not feeling a burden and picking up the phone to people. Mm. Picking up the phone to people to kind of like read it that you know so well. Lisa has been very good at me. I remember when we were going in um, opening the salon after the first lockdown, um, one of my best friends, Adam, he actually works in the salon. He's who owns the dog. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's so good to me um, and I'm good to him. We're all good to each other. But like literally, I remember being down on the ground inside the disabled toilet at the salon. Literally bought. you know what triggered it? The middle of COVID, they had t- to take away the coffee machine because we had that rented. We had a whole barista and a bar set up. You could have gin, prosecco. You could have everything in my salad because that was part of my dream. And they came to take the coffee machine away, and the guy turned around to Adam and said, "Are you actually closing down?" And Adam goes, oh, "No, we're opening on we're opening on Tuesday." <laughs> But it was enough to set me off because part of my dream was being taken out. This coffee machine was such a thing that I had wanted to do, and I quietly slipped away down into the disabled toilet, and I ended up kneeling on the ground. I was in the fetal position. I was in convulsions. I was in an awful state. And Adam and rang Lisa, and Adam and Lisa picked me up off the ground. Um, I'll never forget that. Actually, it picked me up off the ground. I was in an awful state. Um, and you know what? If you have the right people they will talk to you they'll calm you down and they'll talk sense to you that's the most important thing the only thing I can say to people if they're starting out in any type of business right now the first four years are the hardest right you'll spend the next three years making excuses for employees you will right okay (laughs) and you get to the point then of 10 years later, you were like, was I that fool to, to put up with that? You know? yes. And then you realize that the only way around it was actually saying it at the time and not thinking about it for a week at home and building up this atmosphere between people. It's actually saying, Do you know what? I really appreciate you, but I don't like the way that you're doing this. and We need to change that because this is my vision and we're on this boat because see that island over there. We're going to that island. Do you want to go to a different island? Because that's OK, too. you have your conversation um and you just have the right people around you to give you confidence
2: i feel like so many people are going to get so much out of this they really are because just those little good little (laughs) drops of wisdom that you're given is just fantastic um can i ask you about covid and one covid what that was like and then long covid which is a real thing Mm. and then when you spoke about it was there a backlash from online did people like because we have the anti-vaxxers and we have all them out there or how did you deal with that
3: do you know what one person told me that they hoped me and Aaron would die (gasps) (laughs) oh no come on they were like literally one of these like fake accounts like I mean ah stop now it was one genuinely it was one and I kind of did a little bit of a poof and a laugh. And I went, here, I'll go back and drink my G&T there. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, uh, like, I, I'm like a rhinoceros. Things just bounce off me. There was nobody. No, I got no backlash whatsoever. I think we were at a time where there was a lot of people that didn't think that they would be affected by it. I, I was one of those that just thought it was a dirty thing, COVID, and stay away from me and this and that. And it just went to prove that when my family, that we got it on Christmas Day, We didn't even touch each other. There was no hugging. It just goes to show you, the doctor said it was like you got a jar of glitter. You opened it up and put it on the coffee table and just left it there. Every single person that left that room after that half hour that we spent there had a dot of glitter on us somewhere. And that's how easy it was. And it happened. I don't know how I stayed out of hospital. I think the only way I stayed out of hospital was the fact that I had no breathing issues even though I've had pneumonia before, I had no breathing issues and I am so grateful for that. But I was so ill. Oh my God, I was so ill. When I hear people out going, oh, it's only a little bit of a flu. I like literally, see, I think the differences as well, maybe in my career, I know so many people who've lost their dads Mm-hmm. and who have lost the, their relatives so I just stay quiet now because I know that when people say these things it comes from a place of ignorance it just comes that they just haven't been around people or understand what it's done to people's lives and I, I just think that um we're going to be feeling the after effects of that for a long time as well as long COVID I was sick for a very long time and I can honestly say I didn't start feeling better until I had my vaccines and since my second vaccines, every single bit of long COVID has disappeared. Really? So it dis- amazing. Disappeared. Disappeared. Amazing. I, I went to the point of where I can't explain the fatigue. I'd get into the house and I knew I wouldn't be able to make it up the stairs. I was bent down over, couldn't move, nothing. And that went on for months. And you know me, how fit I am. Mm. I would hike mountains, climb mountains, hike all the time. There would be nothing more. Like I would have done a workout here at home. And then I would have gone for, let's say, a quick jog around the forest um, and come home. I haven't been able to work out since. It's so upsetting. I'm, I'm, I'm upset with. Do you know with that That I can't do that And I can't It's going to be very hard To get back into it I will get back into it At some stage But I just wasn't Well enough At all at all Were you scared? That that happened The fatigue Um No I never got scared But I got very And I couldn't say depressed But very defeated You know I was like literally Is this ever going to end like when the aura migraines came oh that was really really bad because then it kind of got to the point of where I literally stopped speaking I think when I work, when I was kind of like getting back into work and um, one of the girls would come over and start saying something to me and I genuinely no words would come out of my mouth I could not get words out of my mouth of what I wanted to say and I was like uh, uh, uh. And then I I just had to laugh or whatever like that. It was just such a strange thing. And immediately after it would happen, I would have to go to sleep. I would have to lie down and go to sleep and eventually I would wake up. I remember sitting, eating food with my eyes closed. Really, really, really strange. Terrible not having any control and there's not much that people could do for you really bar having like brain scans and the likes of that which everyone knew were going to turn it really clear and stuff like that so um, actually I didn't even go for the brain scan in the end because I got my vaccine and everything just stopped and it was very very clear to me that like literally that it was part of the effects of COVID um I I know some people who have very, very bad problems with hearts and around medication um, at the moment due to long COVID. It really is something that's very, very serious. Um, I've never had issues with anti-vaxxers or I've never Mm -hmm. had anything I've never I don't really get any backlash for anything I think there was one time I said something completely wrong um, and I got a lot of backlash and I understood that and I kind of came on and apologized and then there was still backlash and what I had to realize is that there's an awful lot of people that were just angry in general and no matter what you can say you can't appease that situation and and I have to be mindful that sometimes you can upset people that they might have an opinion of you and that is okay too. Do you know, mm. I would have that about people, too, do you know. So mm. kind of I've been very, very lucky online that I generally get no backlash about anything.
2: Good. I want to ask because oh. I've kept you for a lot for, for a really long time. I'm sorry, I've just cut across. you. right. No, no, I talk all night. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to ask a couple of things. So the first thing, you know, um, mm. is that we've seen you so, so happy. Are you happy because you look very happy?
3: I have never been happier in my whole life. I, re- I really, really haven't. Just all the right people are are in my life now. I'm just so, so happy, Um, such a sense of peace that I feel like that I'm actually ha- I'm the most I've ever been and the realest I've ever been um, with people. And you know what? Um, like especially over the last twelve months, um, I uh, Paula who works with me just said your laugh changed. Yeah. You've, like there's a heartiness in your laugh. And she said it's so lovely. She knows me since I'm 15. So it was like for her to say that, that's a major thing. And I actually nearly feel my laugh. I sleep so well. Good. I sleep so much better as well. So yeah, so happy. Good.
2: The other two things, when are we getting a Sabrina Eat? I love, I absolutely love what <laughs> you eat And I DM'd you and I was Here. like, oh, my God.
3: <laughs> I can't win. Because somebody gave out to me yesterday for being too thin. That's <laughs> I've actually got up a dress size from eating. I've got a love pudge. It's just <laughs> gone on me all over now, like literally. Um, I, I do you know what? I love my food, but um, I need to start working out. <laughs> <laughs> I love those Rest videos. Start I'm out all the time.
2: You, I need oh, to see stop. more of those yeah, like videos. Those eating videos. I love them. I love food. Yeah. I love food. Love food. And sabby notes. Are we getting more sabby notes?
3: You are getting more savvy notes, probably something really big is coming up at the end of the year to do with that, That's, um, that, that, that there will be something. I, I love a good quote. Mm. I do love a good quote. Um, and actually, someone asked me recently, so I should start doing them again. I just haven't had time, but there is something related to savvy notes that are going to come up at the end of the year, something that I've been working on Um had scenes that sounds really bad that I said that I sound like a blogger
2: very very <laughs> exciting very exciting and then can I ask you have you ever said what are your tattoos do you, like what are they what do you, have they meaning oh. I love the heart what where and when and why so there's other people who have the heart okay
3: some with it some not okay. and, uh, anymore um, and if you actually hold hands your hand is always on your heart
2: oh okay
3: so that's the meaning of that one um that's this is so weird that's the copper logo fab but also why it's a crown um is because my name sabrina actually means legendary princess oh, look <laughs> you. would you be able <laughs> mary didn't even know it. she didn't even know the meaning legendary princess that's why i have crowns i have to have a crown here i have a crown on this side as well funny Brilliant. They're, Love it. Yeah, I've crowns and things everywhere. And then this one is a lotus flower. And mm-hmm. I think lotus flower meaning is beautiful that it grew up through a load of muck and kind of, you know, got through a load of things. But that's what they are. Do I have any more? Or one, mm-hmm. I have them all over my body. I don't really show them anymore. A lot of them, there's, they're all over the place. Little bits of me.
2: <laughs> and one thing that just came to mind there, can I ask you, um, because your persona is getting bigger and bigger and in the UK, uh, across the UK and Ireland, and it's going to get bigger. Do you... Is there a worry or is do you think the adoption is that going to people going to start reaching out for you or reaching out? Do you think that's going to happen or not?
3: No, I think it would have happened before now if it was going to. Um, It's not something that I would be interested in. Even if someone kind of like came to me now, I'd be like, "No, that's okay. Thank you very much. It just wouldn't be something that I would be that I would be too interested in or anything like that." I know each to their own. Loads of people love to know. It's not something that I would seek out. And if anyone came to me, I just wouldn't be interested. I do feel that it would have come up before now.
2: Yeah, if it was to, mm. if that makes sense, it would have. So before I let you go, the future is bright. The future is like legendary princess, uh, Sabrina Hill. I think you need to own that girl. Own that. You already do own it. But where so the future is bright. And where is your five years? Where is it? Aaron going off to college, breaking your heart, but giving you more time to do things as well now?
3: Yes. I always used to forecast kind of a couple of years ahead. I can't do that anymore. Actually, if I do now, I'll be giving loads of stuff away. <laughs> no, don't.
2: Don't. Just tell me that you're excited.
3: Yeah. God, I am. I'm very, very excited. I'm very, very excited. I think there'll be big, big changes within the next 12, 12 months um, professionally though. Massive changes. Um, new things added on to what I have already. So, kind of like, watch this
2: space. Lips are sealed. The key is thrown <laughs> away, and you are going to just go out and smash it as you always do. Sabrina Hill, thank you uh, thank so you. much for sitting down with me. You're very kind. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen